Today's guest is Gia Alvarez from Tenafly, New Jersey, and Gia runs and owns the Juma Fit Studio. How are you today, Gia? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful today. And, you know, I'd love to just start off with a few basic demographic questions that I ask everyone. I'm always curious what where runners are coming from in life. Um, if you could you know, say maybe how, how long you've been running for and what your day job is. Ooh, um, day job's easy. I run the, I run a fitness studio, so own and operate Juma Fit, which is um, sort of makes running my day job a little. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, <laughs> I've been running since, mm, let's go 2002-ish. Um, somewhere in college is when I've been running since. I was a ballerina for a long time. I was a ballerina in college and all through my childhood, gave it up needed something, wanted to do fitness and needed like gravitated towards music always. So I threw on my headphones and I went for a run and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. So, so what I'm assuming ballerina is, is a pretty intense, um, you know, sort of dancing, right? A lot of fitness involved. And, and then you just sort of decided to just switch to running. Yeah, it was, a, it's kind of a random switch because I, I never, I, I never played sports growing up. Like I didn't, I didn't never do anything on the side. I was always very serious with dancing and it is definitely athleticism is, is very high in dancing, but it's um, not a lot of running, <laughs> not a lot of like endurance with it, you know? So um, it was, I, I transitioned first with walk, walking and running. Um, but I, it was the, it was the music for me, you know, I think my fitness level was pretty solid and then I wanted, I turned on my music and I just got outside and, you know, wanted to move. And I think also college, I went to school in Arizona. It was warm. Lots of people were running outside. I was like, that looks like something cool to do. <laughs> Let's do that. That's Let's try it. Hot <laughs> in the desert there for sure. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about playlists later on in the podcast. So I'm glad you brought up music. It's one of my favorite parts about running, um, as well, but you know, you mentioned you didn't play sports for a lot of folks. You know, I played high school soccer and lacrosse and running was almost a punishment and it, and it actually discouraged me from running in the future. So that's sort of an interesting angle you come from there. So what was your very first marathon race? Um, I ran San Diego in 2008, the San Diego yeah. full marathon. Yep. That was my first full marathon. And what, what prompted you to sign up for a marathon after becoming you know such a new runner? So, I, you know, I, it was, it was just not like it was just something I did like, you know three or four times a week and I went for a run and I, I never raced for a long time I never raced I did a 5k my first 5k probably in 2006 and then kind of got into it once I moved to New York I got a lot more in the from California to New York I got a lot more into the um, racing culture because it just is a lot more going on you know Central Park's always got something New York Roadrunners stuff is everywhere um, so I joined a run club I um, started to run races. I started to wear a watch and pay attention to things like paces and times, which I just never paid attention to before. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I was like, I think I want the challenge. I think I, you know, I, I loved it. I loved distance running. I couldn't really get enough of it. You know, it was, it was my favorite way to go around New York city and on foot and see everything and, you know, tour the Island. And it was my favorite way to make friends. Um, when I moved to the city with run clubs, I recommend that to every single person that moves to a new city is find your local run club and just dive in. Um, so I just, you know, everyone was kind of training for races. I'm like, I think I'll let's, let's give us a shot. San Diego sounded like a good one back to California. It's warm there. <laughs> and that's sort of how you chose it. You were just like, let me go back to Cali, get a warm destination in. 
Yeah, kind of, kind of. I was, I, you know, I, I want I, I think I was going back for one reason or another and I sort of wrapped it into my trip, you know, awesome. I'm going to go back and go run a race and see my family. And that was that. <laughs> Perfect. So what was going through your head during the registration process, you know, after maybe running a 5k and a 10k and a few smaller races, you know, when you saw that 26.2 on that registration form, what were you thinking? Okay, so I'm a really um, kind of an anal retentive organized person. So I was thinking of the plan. (laughs) I was thinking of like, a spreadsheet and little boxes and check marks. And like, I love having a plan. I like, and I still, honestly, that is one of my favorite things about running a marathon or running any form of a race is, is that consistency of following a plan for 14, 16 weeks. And it, it, it just, it just is, is great. I need it in my life. I love it. <laughs> so I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to find the, I'm going to find a plan online. I'm going to, you know, do everything that they tell me to do. And I was really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great part about training for marathons. It's very regimented. You follow the plan, you could succeed. And, you know, for me, that was a huge game changer because I was sort of, you know, going through a fitness journey in my personal life. And it was, you know, really just a more structured program for me. And it almost ensured that you're exercising multiple times a week, uh, which yes. is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. And I, at the time I was working this crazy job and, you know, have working at all hours of the day. And I remember going to the gym, I worked, um, I worked on international time zones. So I would work from, you know, 8am to 6pm. And then I would go to the gym between like seven and nine. And then I would go back to work get dinner, go back to work, work until like two o'clock in the morning and do it all over again the next day. But I had that time carved out for my run at like, you know, in the middle of the middle of my block. <laughs> and I loved it. It was great. It kept me sane. Yeah. You just got to make time for it, which is key. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, what did you learn about yourself after running that first marathon in San Diego? Uh, you just learn exactly how strong you are. I mean, I think I, I don't, I mean, maybe I didn't wrap my head around exactly how long 26.2 miles was until I was at mile 20 and I was like, whoa, there's another six miles, (laughs) you know, like it was, that's a very like newbie runner thing to do. You train up to mile 20 and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I've never gone beyond this. And I, I think I can, but you're questioning it yourself a little bit. And then you finish that race and you cross that finish line and you're like, wow, I'm capable of that. This is such an awesome feeling. I also, you know, like I said, I didn't play a lot of sports growing up. So I definitely learned my competitive side. Definitely was like, I'm going to pass that person right up there. <laughs> and then you got to, you know, I just, I didn't even know I had that side of me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. And, you know, there's one, um, there's one Peloton running class I do where uh, Matt Wolpers always says, you know, pick off people ahead of you. And it just motivates you, you know, even if you're on the side of a random road, just to sort of, you know, go by them and, and speed up. Oh, a little yeah. Bit. I complete, I, first of all, Matt Wilpers is my favorite. I love him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I say it a lot in when in classes, when I coach, like you, there, there's a point when you're running with a pack of people and you're like in that pack, right. And you're kind of all drafting off of each other. And then you decide you want to break away from that pack. So find that moment in you where you can like bust ahead and break away and leave them all in your dust and just be on your own on the course. Like that's, that is an awesome feeling. That's amazing. Now, Gia, you mentioned, you know, you usually train up to 20 miles. Do you recommend for your Juma fit clients, you know, does, 
what sort of your average training program look like, um, you know, for a client or, you know, do, do they always run 20 beforehand or do some people go to 26? There's sort of been some debates lately in the marathon world about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I um, so I take on a, a set of people every um, season. So we do a virtual training plan for half and full in the fall and in the spring. Um, nowadays, I, you know, after, after that first one, I, I definitely go beyond 20. I generally like to do a 22, at least maybe two 22s is what I do in my full program. In the half program, I do um, a couple 12s. I don't go completely up to 26. I do think that there's value in, um, you know, that race atmosphere, that, that feeling that you have on race day, it drives you beyond where you're actually, you know, beyond your limits. The and, there's, and there's also value in like bringing that out, you know, realizing that you have that extra gear in you and you can put it forward. That's like, that's a great feeling. That's an accomplishment. Awesome. When you have that. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I never really thought about it that way, but sort of, you know, you've done 22 before, but now it's sort of race day and time to step up and, and do the full 26. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you just, and I also think, I mean, nowadays races are a little bit different, you know, where we're, we do, people are doing 26 miles on their, you know, patio, <laughs> you know, like, it's, which is, or around their town or whatever. Um, okay. But that last couple of miles of a big race is always packed and it's always full of like screaming fans and lots of passion and people cheering you on. I think there's so much value in that. That'll get you through a lot. Yeah. The spectators are my favorite part. I love the crowds. And, you know, I'm curious, how many marathons have you done since San Diego? Um, so I've done 13 since 14 total. Awesome. Do you, do you have a favorite? Um, I love New York. It's a great race. Absolutely. I've run it multiple times. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be a one and done marathoner, run New York. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great pro tip. You know, I, New York was my first. It's obviously my hometown, a very special one for me. Uh, but yeah, I'd say New, York, New York's a good one for one and done. How about yeah. um, outside of maybe a major city or, you know, another one that you would sort of call your favorite? So the other, my other favorite is LA, another major city, but I love the LA marathon. I think that's such a great race. I love that it's point to point. Um, it's, it's, an, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> for, for, for all the listeners out there, I'm wearing my LA marathon shirt right now. Yep. I ran the uh, 35th anniversary right before COVID. Uh, um, so it was a pretty awesome race. A great race. I got my first Boston there and it was, it was like the best. It's just such a great race. Um, so I, I always recommend that one. Um, and then one of my other ones that I loved was, uh, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Now, That's a fun race. Let's talk about Richmond because nobody on the podcast has spoken about it so oh, far. Okay. <laughs> What's that race like? So I ran Richmond the year that New York was canceled. So New York got canceled and everyone was kind of like trained and scrambling for a race, right? That was the year Sandy. Um, and I went up with, I think probably four or five friends that we just registered at the last minute, went up to Richmond, stayed with a friend that we had up there. Um, it, it, it's coined as the friendliest race and it absolutely is. They like the spectators are so amazing at Richmond. They are friendly. They are happy. Everybody's giving you oranges and Twizzlers and like, it's just for 26 miles. Cause it's usually like maybe four or five miles in a small town race, you get that. But the whole thing, they were just there for you. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, their tagline is actually America's friendliest marathon. And yep. <laughs> listeners out there, it's happening this year, November 13th. Check it out, richmondmarathon.org. It's amazing. And it ends with a downhill. It ends with like you end like probably the last maybe quarter mile is like this downhill to the finish line. 
And I was trying to be cute that year and I missed it by 10 seconds. Oh. <laughs> I like remember being like, if I just like stop, drop and roll down this hill, maybe I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And, and that's also one of my favorite parts about LA, the downhill towards the mm-hmm. ocean there, which they're unfortunately changing for next year. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunate decision in my opinion, but um, mm-hmm. maybe we'll have someone from the LA Marathon on the podcast to explain that one day. That's good. <laughs> uh, awesome. So Richmond, that, that's a cool one. Now I am curious, you mentioned music was a pretty critical part of your running. Do you have any playlist recommendations or certain ways that you structure your playlist, um, both on the marathon circuit? And then I'm curious to hear sort of about Juma Fit and your classes there and how you structure playlists. Yeah. So I, um, playlisting is a huge part of um, teaching classes and coaching. And, you know, that's, it's a big part of what we do. Juma is a very musically driven class and, um, it's always, you always kind of have to be on top of it. So I'm, I got, I have a new playlist, um, every month, every two weeks, I have a brand new set of songs coming through that'll keep me through a couple of 45 minute classes. So searching for music is like, I would say a large part of my job. That's really interesting. It's so fun for me. Yeah, you don't really think about it, you know, as, as sort of, I, I've done a lot of classes and, you know, you go in there and you're like, oh, that was an awesome playlist, but you don't think about all the time, you know, that the instructor put into that. Now, do, yeah. you, do you create the class first or the playlist first? What What's sort of the order of operations? Yeah, it's so it's, um, I tend to create the playlist or I pick my favorite songs and then I look at the class and I move the songs around based on the class. So like, if there's a hill, I want this song for the hill. If there's a, you know, a speed and it's got you, you want, I want this song because when the beat drops, you really want to break into a speed, kind of something like that. That's kind of how I structure it. Um, is, is there a favorite song you have or, you know, some songs that you listen to at specific times during a race or, you know, anything that really is just memorable for you? So I, I, I um, you know, Footloose, the song, the Footloose song, Kenny Loggins, like Footloose from the yeah. movie. That song has the most amazing beat. When I want to like get into like a good clip of a rhythm, I turn that song. It's on every single playlist I've ever used for any marathon. <laughs> That's an awesome one. <laughs> Got to have your go-tos. Now, now, what does Juma mean? And, and how did you sort of come up with this name? Um, so um, are you familiar with the book Born to Run? It's about the Tara Humara tribe. It's one of my favorite books. And honestly, Gia, that probably inspired me to run my first marathon. Um, I read that book and I was just like amazed with Scott Jurek and sort of the whole crew and the story was just unbelievable. And, um, you know, like they're the, the tribe, the Tarahumara tribe, their, their ethos is running, right? They are, they run as a community. They run growing up, they run for everything, right? They run together and they really have this, like, it's part of the ethos of, of their community. So you, how you say to run in their language is Juma. That's how I came up with it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that name. It means obviously a lot to you and, and I'm sure to your, your students there. So now when you, when you structure your classes, how many people are sort of in these classes? And I'm curious, you know, obviously, you know, we're recording this in April of 2021 here. How has COVID impacted the treadmill studio you know, world? A lot of them shutting down and, you know, business must have uh, been tough. Yeah, definitely. So um, our room, our treadmill studio room has 20 treadmills. Um, that at max capacity, you have 20 treadmills, one instructor. The instructor's in the middle of the room. And, and the way that we structure it is it's almost like an amphitheater and you all the treadmills look into the center. So you're not looking into like a mirror or at yourself or anything. You're kind of running as a pack that way. Um, with COVID, we're, we're working with capacity restrictions. So we work 
30%, now we're up to 50%. So we can have up to 10 people in our room. And we basically, every other treadmill it, um, there's enough space so that it's, it's six feet. And um, yeah, tough. that's been, it's, it is, it's definitely, I mean, it's, you know. It's tough time to be a business them. owner out there. And um, I really applaud sort of your perseverance, you know, through this whole pandemic. And I'm hoping that, you know, once the vaccine gets rolled out more and, you know, hopefully you'll be at full capacity sooner than later. Yeah. You know, I see, I'm definitely seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's, it's been, it's felt different in the last couple of months with people getting vaccines and, um, you know, just feeling, but I have to say client loyal clients are loyal clients and people have prioritized fitness in this pandemic in a way that I think is really important because, you know, keeping ourselves healthy and not, you know, falling into a hole healthy with our body, but also with our minds is really important. So um, I've seen a lot of people prioritize that. And we've done a lot of things where people take their, their pod or their family and they come in and they do a private class. And that works great because everyone, you know, is, has been together. Um, and so it's been, it's been interesting to see the progression of the business and the way that it, it, it's moved through COVID. But mostly for me, it's been interesting to see how people have handled it and adapted so well. That's a and great point. And, you know, I think especially with COVID, obviously, you know, people that it seems, you know, who get, unfortunately, contract COVID, you know, if they're in better shape, they tend to, you know, have better outcomes. So, you know, obviously being fit and healthy is, is always a good thing. What kind of treadmills do you use in your studio, by the way? Woodways. Woodways. Woodway treadmills, all Woodways. Awesome. Um, Wood. Love the Woodways. They're wonderful machines. I always like, you know, the Ferraris of treadmills. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good shout out for Woodway right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. The Ferrari of treadmills. How, what's the most mileage you've done on one of those? Oh, I've done a 22 miler on a Woodway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. No, I'm curious because I think the most I could do on a treadmill is maybe 10 before I'm sort of just like, you know, I'm in the same spot. My head, my mind is going uh, everywhere. How, how do you do that? 22 miles. That's a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Cool. <laughs> That's good to know. But, um, you know, sometimes the snowstorm hits and you got to go for a run. What are you going to do? You know, that's what that's happens on this point. coast. Gotta but I tell your... people, I, I have my, my training, you know, my training groups uh, go through it too. And I, and sometimes you got to be on a treadmill. And I say, if you can get through a long run on a treadmill, your mental capacity to get through a race is you're good. You know, that's, that takes some serious mental capacity and determination to get through. You, like you said, you're in one place. Just going for it. <laughs> totally agree with you there. Have you done any movie-based classes yet? No, but that's kind of a fun idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking maybe Footloose is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Great yeah, that could that. be fun. You know, I, I'm thinking now too, when I'm at the treadmill at the gym, I'll always have, you know, ESPN or something on and just watching a game sort of distracts the mind a little bit and then I'm cranking out miles. So yeah. um, maybe when I'm back on the East Coast, I'll be at a movie-based class at Juma Fit. There you go. There you go. That's That'd be awesome. Like that. <laughs> and you mentioned you, um, you have a lot of families come into classes. Um, you know, do you, you, you mentioned you have a family yourself. Do you run with kids a lot or what's sort of your background running with, you know, different age groups? Yeah. So, um, I have three kids. I have, um, 10 year old twins and a five-year-old, um, all of them. Um, sorry. What are their names? Um, Gemma, Grayson and Asher. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, they all, I've def I run, I've run with all of them. I've done a 5k with my older two. Um, and then my little one, I've done many a stroller races. He's big on the big on sitting in the stroller and he's like, mom, there's people beating us. You got to go faster. 
Oh, that's amazing. The motivator. He know, also puts his heel on the front wheel to make it harder for me sometimes when we're running. And he's like, <laughs> come on, mom. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. You know, whenever I see people <laughs> with strollers in Central Park, I that inspires me because, you know, oh. I'm a 30-year-old single guy here. And I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. If this mother is is wheeling her child around running six miles on the loop, I better finish this. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. I bet those moms will loan you out a stroller to push around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll take you, I'll, I'll ask them one day, although that could be a little creepy too. Probably <laughs> creepy, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Borderline, right? Borderline. Um, but we, I also do, I work with kids a lot. We train kids um, of, I mean, I would say probably about eight years old is, is the youngest that have come to us all the way up through high school. Like we work with a lot of athletes um, to do, to, we train through Juma um, inside and outside. So we, you know, I, I don't, um, the younger kids, I don't put on a treadmill because they have to be, have to be 14 to get on the treadmills. Um, but we go outside, we go to the track, we, um, you know, just kind of drills. Sometimes I just take them for a run because it's so, I find that kids don't always want to go, but the minute you're like a quarter mile in, maybe 10 minutes in, they start chatting with you. They start opening up those endorphins kind of kick in. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, this isn't so bad, you know? And they, and they, and they start to like it and they start to love it. And I have kids that have gone to, you know, okay, maybe I'll try out for the track team in high school, see how it goes. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to work with kids. You know, they, their minds are very open. I love that. I wish I started younger. You know, I started my running career, gosh, when I was about 26, 27 years old. So way later in life. And I, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, I wish I did that earlier. How does the training program differ for kids versus adults? Obviously, is it less mileage, just different techniques? Yeah, I, you know, I've never done any kids for um, a distance race. I, I tend to do um, kids in like a, we do private training in 30 and 45 minute um, intervals. And you either are going to, they either do it with them and their friends so they get a pack of their friends, right? So maybe there's two or three friends that want to learn, that want to run together, want to start to run, or just are looking for something to do fitness related. Or you work one-on-one with somebody who has like a very specific goal, who is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying out for the basketball team. I need to get my endurance up. I need to get my sprinting up. I want to get my form in the right place, things like that. That's, that's generally how I've worked with kids. Gotcha. Um, and I am curious, just, you know, for adults on the other side of things, you know, what kind of tips, um, do you have for training, you know, as a coach, I'm always interested in hearing, you know, sort of like top three tips, maybe you got. Listen to your coach, <laughs> listen to your coach, or your training plan is definitely number one. You know, I think uh, maybe step zero, get a coach. <laughs> yes. There you go. Get a coach, get a training plan, have a system. You know, it's very important. A lot of people, you know, and don't wait, don't wait until you're a month before your race to have a system. You know, you need, if you're first come first time you've ever raced, you need three, four months to really get yourself going. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think listening to the experts and doing your research is, is really important. Um, I also think having fun is really important. I, I, <laughs> I work with a lot of people with a lot of different lifestyles and I, I am always trying to figure out how to make it work within their lifestyle. You know, if, if you're running a marathon and all of a sudden I'm like, go run 16 miles and you have to move your entire world around to run 16 miles the likelihood of you doing that again is really slim, you know, like it's, you got to figure out how this works in your life and how it's, and how it's fun. 
I think that's like a, that's something really important that people tend to just, okay, I'm going to do this one time. I'm just going to make all this time for me this one time. And then it doesn't become something that you do again. And I would rather somebody fall in love with it and want to do it over and over again. I love that. And I think, you know, if running isn't fun, it's going to be grueling and intense and you're just looking at the watch and the miles and it's, it's not enjoyable. And, you know, that's one of my favorite parts about running actually is just being with the community, the running community, being out there, listening to a good podcast, listening to some music and just enjoying, you know, sort of the outdoors and the great, the great outdoors and the ability that we have to move our body. Um, I think that's That's another great tip that you just said, find yourself a running buddy, find yourself somebody to do it with. You know, because it's just is more fun that way. A hundred percent. And yeah, and, and my more motivated and you have more accountability, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, I speak about that a lot in my introduction episode. My friend running Rick Rosenbluth, who I call, he, he really was a huge part of me running my first marathon and and still running today. Um, so I agree with you. Find a running buddy and stick to that program. Now I am curious, um, you know, obviously you're a coach, you've done 14 marathons. What do you decide to wear on race day? What kind of gear are you using? Shoes, watches, et cetera. Um, okay. So on race day, I tend to wear my favorite outfit that I've used in training. I don't make any big changes. So whatever I've, you know, and maybe, and I get a little superstitious with it. Like I had my best long run when I was wearing those shorts. And so I'm going to wear those shorts again for my marathon. You know, like it, I just, I, I don't make big changes. Um, I'm, I'm not a big, I don't do a lot of ge- different, like fancy gear things. You know, I like my Apple watch. I like, <laughs> I like my Nike shoes. Um, <laughs> I'm really specific about socks. Um, but that's pretty much it. Other than that, it's, it's what I feel comfortable in, what I know isn't going to cause me any issues. And any uh, tips for females, just, you know, female focused runners or females in, you know, in general? I mean, get a great sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> find one that you like ask around you know that kind of a thing um and then i also like you need to have a good belt a good um mm-hmm. either it's a spy belt or some form of a belt that you're gonna hold your stuff in because there's always stuff like right? you have your phone but then you need like where am i gonna put my car keys and maybe i need my chapstick and you know all these things definitely <laughs> my belt is- hold all your stuff <laughs> totally agree with you there. Now I am curious, Gia, you have three kids. Did you pause your running career when, when you had your kids or what was that sort of experience? Like, did you keep running through pregnancy? I did. I did. Um, so I started, um, marathoning far before pregnancy. Um, and then, um, I dealt with a little bit of infertility. I dealt with some infertility, um, before I had my kids and ran through all of it, ran through, IVF ran through, you know, multiple rounds of various different infertility things, um, and got pregnant with twins, um, thankfully, and then ran through that pregnancy, um, and had some more issues with, with infertility, ran through that and then ran through my, my next pregnancy. And I, I think running through all of that was really like it, it helped me to stay strong. It helped me to remind myself that I was strong because you doubt yourself a lot when you're going through things like that. You doubt your body, you doubt your ability to do things and you keep doing these things that you know make you strong and you know that you proved to yourself that this, I feel strong when I do this. If you keep up with that kind of stuff, it, it like it's powerful, it really is. That's amazing. Obviously, I can't personally relate to that, but I think, you know, sort of your story about perseverance and really just 
the mindset change almost, I'm sure, had probably a biological change in your body too. Obviously, yeah, I'm and, and I also think, you know, was my running the same through all of that? No, not at all. You know, I, I definitely, you know, I got slower, I got faster. I, you know, I, my motivation, I wanted to do long distance. I wanted to do short distance, but the fact was that I just kept going and was okay with those kinds of changes and just said, okay, you know, this is the phase that I'm in and this is what makes me feel strong. And this is what makes my body feel good. And I'm going to keep going. Amazing. Are there any specific tips or tricks you would have for, um, you know, women in pregnancy? Is there a certain time where they should stop running or, you know, any different paces or methods that they should use? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about really being in tune with your body. Um, there's, there's a lot of different science out there for heart rates and things like that. Um, I, I was very cognizant of always being, um, conversational with myself. I was always able to talk, not breathlessly, never got to a heart rate where I was like panting, no sprinting, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and then as far as like your comfortability goes, everybody's different. You know, I, I, I was different from the twin pregnancy to my singleton pregnancy. I was, you know, I stopped at different times. It was just different the way my body felt. And I think if it feels wrong, don't do it really. And, 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 just because some people say, you know, I persevered through pregnancy and that was what was right for me. That's not what's right for everybody. You know, if, if you need to cut back, you need to cut back and there's other things to do. There really is. It's not about pushing yourself through what's uncomfortable. It's about feeling strong in what you're doing. I love that mentality and approach. And I'm sure a lot of our female listeners will uh, appreciate that advice too. Um, so just a few last questions to, to round out this podcast interview here. I'm curious what do you do after a race? What's sort of your recommended uh, recovery routine? Um, okay. French fries and beer. <laughs> beer, is, beer seems to be a, a, a trend amongst marathon runners after a race. And it's my favorite. You need the combo sure. though. Not just the beer. That's not a good recipe. <laughs> French fries and the beer. <laughs> carbs in there. Yeah. Salt, carbs, you know, that whole thing. Definitely. Um, I, I have been known to ice bath. I'm a, I'm a big ice bather. It's not comfortable, but I do it anyway. <laughs> I think it helps. I really do. Um, and then like I, when I run races, I tend to be with friends or whatever else. And I, I, I think either finding the people that finished ahead of you or waiting for the people that are, I haven't quite finished yet and being there when everybody like crosses the finish line and has that celebration moment together. That's a big thing for me. I like the, I like the community of that. I love that too. It's one of my favorite parts parts of the race and that beer afterwards is always something I look forward to, which, which brings me to my question that I forgot to ask you because it's one of my favorite signs, but what's your favorite sign on a racing course? You know, my favorite one is the beer is only two miles away or something <laughs> like that. Um, what did I hear? I heard, I, I read one that recently was, um, not recently, but before COVID it was, it was like, stop saying it was, it was from the runner's perspective. It was like, stop saying you're close. <laughs> I feel like oh, and I, I, I giggled at it because you really hear people on the, on the course, even if you're like 15 miles away, like you're so close. Like you're really not that close at 15 miles. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I don't know if I would like that sign. Cause I like, Tell to think, I'm so close. <laughs> yeah, I like to sort of think I'm close, even if I am far, but that's what's sort of funny. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, awesome. Gia. Now, you know, this is one question I end every interview with the podcast is called why we marathon in two to three sentences. Can you just sort of sum up the crux of why you run marathon races? I it's to inspire 
really, you know, it's to inspire people that I train and people that I work with. Um, it's to inspire my kids and it's to sort of prove to myself and to people that you can do anything that you put your mind to. And it feels really good to put your mind to something challenging and accomplish it. I absolutely love that. I love your mentality, Gia, your whole approach. Um, your whole concept behind Juma Fit. Um, for everyone out there, you can follow them on Instagram, instagram.com slash juma.fit um, and Gia at run, Gia run. Great, great Instagram handle for you there. Uh, yep. so Juma, Juma has some live classes and, and um, virtual classes. We do a little teasers through our Instagram. So check us out, um, see what they're like. They're a lot of fun. You can always join in through our virtual platform. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link to you in the show notes and uh, thank you so much for joining today. This has been an amazing interview. Uh, really appreciate it, Gia. Great to meet you. Good luck with your move. Thank you. <laughs> All right.